Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of The Crush Pad. I'm John McCarroll, as always. And our guest today is Dr. Edward Slingerland, um, author of Drunk. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Um, Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Uh, this is pretty exciting. Uh, you know, normally we have winemakers who are people of few words. So um, <laughs> it's exciting someone who can use, string a sentence together. So um, welcome. Thanks. Um, uh, I guess my first question I want to ask you is, could you tell us just quick summary of the book? Imagine that you are listening to your favorite wine podcast on a commute and you want a back of the envelope pitch for your book. So the, uh, basically the book is about why, why we'd like to drink. <laughs> and it seems like a straightforward, uh, answer. So, you know, I think standard answer would be well, cause it makes us feel good or mm -hmm. tastes good. Um, the problem with that answer is it's not, it really just pushes the question back a level. So the, the, then the way to reformulate it would be, well, why does evolution allow it to make us feel good? Mm -hmm. Because it's actually quite bad for us you know, on a lot of different levels, physiologically. I've heard. It can have all sorts of negative social, um, consequences. So the, the, basically what, what drove me to write this book is the, the the fact that I don't think anyone's ever really asked this question or tried to answer it well. Um, so the standard scientific story about why we like to drink alcohol and indulge in other intoxicants is that it's an evolutionary mistake. Okay. So it's either a, a hijack. The, the, I think a psych, your standard Psych 101 textbook will tell you that, will give you a hijack story. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Ethanol just happens to, for random reasons, uh, activate a reward network in our brain. And we figured that out at some point. And we just started drinking and to push that button like little rats. Exactly. Yeah. To get cocaine delivered. Um, so that's a standard also, story. I would push that button like any day. Just yeah, yeah right. So, yeah. Yeah. So cocaine really is a, is really a brain hijack. Um, but alcohol is not. Um, okay, so, cool. so, so the standard story is, is a hijack one. There are some uh, what I call evolutionary mismatch theories out there so, mm -hmm. so that maybe the taste for alcohol was adaptive in our evolutionary past, either because it was a, a way to make water safe to drink mm -hmm. or it was a way to find calories in the jungle. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so there are various uh, mismatch stories out there. The problem with these is that um, our taste for alcohol is ancient. Mm -hmm. So we've been making and consuming alcohol for as long as we've been doing anything as a, in an organized way as a species. It's ubiquitous. You find it all over the world and it's costly. Yes. And so when you, when you see all those three things together, an evolutionary mistake story can't be the whole story. <clears throat> and so, you know, good. And I, you know, I walk through, I walk through a couple things that really are evolutionary mistakes mm -hmm. to just make this clear why why this is the case so um hijack brain hijacks um classic example is masturbation yes or any type of non-reproductive sex right we, we are we figured um, out firmly against on this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> firmly against <laughs> none of that um, only only reproductive sex it's a catholic only um, podcast yes <laughs> all right good to hear so this is um this is a classic hijack right you have this re reward network in the brain that delivers you the best reward a human being could ever get. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because it's designed originally to reward you for doing what evolution wants you to do most of all, which is mm -hmm. pass on your genes to the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, so the in evolutionary terms, the adaptive target of the orgasm reward system is reproductive sex. Okay. Um, but humans and other lots of other animals have figured out that they could trigger this reward network in lots of other ways. Right? Lots they of explore, other animals. They that's spend lots of heavy lifting. I've seen so many <laughs> animals jack off. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, a lot of a lot of species have figured figured it worked around. Um, so, but in this case, the, the cost mm -hmm. of, you know, whatever, a few minutes <laughs> lost to <laughs> masturbation, um, is not terribly, is not terribly high. Um, it's certainly not physiologically dangerous. It doesn't make you go blind. Well, not in this world. So you may have learned in Catholic school. Um, so evolution in these, so this is an ancient mistake. It's been around probably for as long as humans have. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, it has no cost. Yeah. And so evolution can afford to look the other way because it, mm -hmm. you know, it's evolution's happy with good enough. And this system works well enough that we're here to talk about it. There's still more people. Um, there's still more people. Um, a mismatch, though, a classic mismatch is junk food. Okay. So, uh, you know, we, we love the taste of fat and sugar mm -hmm. and we gorge on it. Um, we're, we have this desire to gorge on these substances when we find them. Um, but this was an adaptive taste for most of our evolutionary history. For most of our history, getting enough fat and sugar was a challenge. And so if you, when you found this stuff, you gorged on it, that mm -hmm. was a very adaptive trait to have. Um, it's only become maladaptive very recently mm -hmm. and, and still locally. So there are still plenty of places in the world where people don't have enough food to eat. Yes. Um, so this is this is really only a problem for us living in industrialized societies where I can pop out my door and go to the Seven Eleven and you know buy the, enough junk food to to kill me, um, yeah. and it can kill me. So so it's a very this is the junk food mistake is a very costly one, mm -hmm. cause diabetes, obesity, heart problems, but it's it's very recent mm -hmm. and it's still not universal. It's really, really a problem in rich societies. And so here's an example of something that's costly, but evolution hasn't had time to deal with it. Yes. Um, and really doesn't have a lot of pressure to deal with it because, again, it's a local problem. Mm -hmm. um, Alcohol is not like either of those cases because it is, it's physiologically uh, costly. It raises your cancer risk. Um, it's addictive. It's really dangerous. Alcohol is one of the more addictive substances out there. I think it also um, kills people in their prime more than um, like yeah, specifically yeah. young people die from alcohol well before um, they would from uh, uh, treats or um, a, like a, a exactly accidents. Yeah, there are. Well, you combine alcohol with, you know, masturbation accidents. It can get ugly. Yeah. But yeah, general, it, it kill you know, it leads to risky behavior mm -hmm. and get people in their prime reproductive years. Um, it is also just costly economically. So mm -hmm. it's, it's estimated that, uh, ancient Sumer mm -hmm. took up to a third of their grain production went to alcohol production. So they're okay. taking huge quantities of, of scarce food stuff and turning mm -hmm. it into a liquid neurotoxin. So this is puzzling behavior. The fact that this behavior has persisted mm -hmm. for so long is puzzling given the cost. And so, so my argument, the basic argument in drug 
is that for the this taste for alcohol to have been preserved in our gene pool, so for it to still be something that biologically we desire, um, and and more importantly, for it to be preserved in our cultural repertoire. So the fact that cultural evolution has mm -hmm. um, attempts to prohibit alcohol have been going on again for as long as we've had alcohol. Yeah, they're not working and so well. They're not working so well. You look at a map of where mm -hmm. prohibition is in force right now in the world, and it's, it's not that many places. Um, so, so given the costs, given how long we've been doing it, um, the fact that we still do it means there must be benefits on the other side that we aren't talking about and that we don't think about. Um, and, and whenever you see a costly behavior like this, that evolution is letting us get away with, mm -hmm. it's because there's gotta be some benefits that are balancing out. So, so most of the book involves walking through what these benefits to alcohol consumption might be.